Sorry, I don't love you. A friend I've grown accustomed to. Cause with you, if something isn't wrong, something isn't wrong, something isn't right. I wish you could be happy. Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is back. This week, Jacob Tender is returning and we finally have a strictly music topic going on here today. I know there's a little music note in the logo, so you know it's about time. Episode 22, I believe this will be. And Jacob, as you guys know, has been on the podcast before, but we definitely have music in common, not only in the bands we listen to, but some of the tech and streaming services we've used as well. But before we dive in, Jacob, how are you doing today? I'm good. Is this seriously the first time you've talked music on the show? I think so, because I know I've had music people on, but it was always to talk about like Star Wars or I did a basketball (laughs) episode with Joe Urban from Take This to Heart Records. And, you know, I did record Almost Famous. So that was kind of music talk, but it's a movie. So I don't really count that as strictly music talk. But yes, it's taken me a while because of having misaligned. I feel like Sometimes it's harder to justify music topics for this podcast if it's yeah. you know someone I just want to talk to generally about music. But since this yeah. is all Apple Music, I think it works for this because we're going to get a little technical here probably. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I would totally talk about this on, on my show too, but I think it makes more sense to kind of like you know, send it out somewhere else because I mean, my show is not too different from misaligned where you're just kind of like, for the most part, interviewing people. Right. Uh, I think that's how misaligned works most weeks. So, um, yeah, it's, this, it, this would be good. I, I'm excited to talk about it cause I've been using it a lot. I've been kind of digging into the nitty gritty parts of Apple music and, and trying to figure out how to make it work best for me. Yeah. And I know at one point you and I were both using RDO, I believe is how you pronounce it. I don't know. I've heard it pronounced oh. a few different ways. Yeah. So yeah. I know when that shut down, a lot of people in our little group of music tech nerds were like, oh, what do we do now? And, you know, I think I <sighs> went back to me. Spotify for a bit. And then as soon as Apple Music was announced, I was like, OK, yes, one music app. Thank you. But what services have you tried so far? I went straight to Apple Music. Ardea was the best app. Can we talk about Ardea for just a yes. second? Because Ardea yes, was perfect. There wasn't a single thing wrong with that platform. They changed a couple things up towards the end, just maybe a couple months before they, they finally shut down. Mm-hmm. But that app was amazing. The level of detail to that app was insane. And like th- their curation was great. I really do think that like their front page and like discovery yeah. was very, very good. Um, but like there are tiny features of that app that I still wish were in services available today, such as um, downloads. So, you know, a lot of streaming services, including uh, video streaming services now, like, like Netflix, they allow you to download stuff offline so you can listen to it when you don't have an internet connection. So, you know, good examples would be when you're on the subway, when you're on an airplane, when you're out in the middle of nowhere with no cell signal. Um, you still want to be able to listen to music and watch movies. So a lot of services are offering that now, which is fantastic. But RDO did it in a in a really smart way, at least for people that didn't have unlimited data plans, which right. know, two or three years ago didn't exist for the most part, unless you were grandfathered into one of those early ones. Um, I love that with RDO, you could say, okay, I want to download this because I'm listening to it a lot. I'm going to listen to this a lot for the next three weeks. So let's download this and let's not do it until I get home or get connected to Wi-Fi. Because so often I would be like, okay, you know what? I want to listen to this a lot, 
but I don't have much data left on my plan for this month. So I'm just going to have to wait until I get to Wi-Fi. And in most cases, such as with music, uh, with Apple Music Now, you have to do it when you're on Wi-Fi to do that on Wi-Fi. Otherwise, right. it'll just start downloading it using your data, which is, you know, it kind of defeats the purpose. With <laughs> yeah. our Dio, it was smart and it would just do it whenever you connected to Wi-Fi. Otherwise, it would just put it in a queue and it would wait. I thought that was so clever and I can't believe nobody else does that. It drives me nuts. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily use that feature all of the time because I really got into using streaming services when I was at Drexel. You know, I heard about Spotify, started using that initially, mostly because it had the free tier. And then I, I'm i sure it was probably Zach Zarillo who sort of let me know about RDO and it looks so much better than Spotify did. And I know Spotify has done a lot as far as overhauling their UI and UX and everything for their apps since, you know, my freshman year of college. But yeah, it was just laid out so nicely. And their new releases section really did feel a lot more tailored to your taste than even, you know, the Apple Music one does now. Because while there's a lot of stuff in the new releases section on Apple Music that I'll listen to, I still find myself having to search for specific artists and albums each week if they're smaller labels or you know those mm -hmm. smaller bands that aren't on labels that you and I are quite familiar with yeah one of my favorite discovery techniques on Ardeo specifically was the fact that they had pages for every single label so when they pull in all this music uh from you know whatever sources they do I don't, I'm not entirely sure how all of that works on the back end of streaming services but when Ardeo pulled in all that music it sorted out the metadata and then it would create filters for when you would click on those labels titles on a track for instance um you know with the 1975 you could click on dirty hit and it would bring up everything that was put out by Dirty Hit or by Vagrant. So you could do that and you could find all of the new releases from Vagrant right away. Right. You know, I'm, I'm still not sure of a way to do that with a lot of the modern uh, streaming services. I'm not really that familiar with Spotify anymore, but at least with Apple Music, that's not a possibility. And I, to your point about Ardeo just being so well designed, I, I completely agree. And I think it's an interesting tidbit, especially now. Um, because uh, Acceptance, who just put out a brand new record, yeah, their uh, their their biggest album, the one that kind of put them on the map, Phantoms. Um, the designer of Ardea was the guy that did the artwork for Phantoms. Okay. I, I just think that's an interesting tidbit. Yeah, that definitely is. I had no idea about that, but you know, yeah. I was fortunate enough that you know these places offered student subscription prices too. So you know, I was able yeah. to check out. Spotify and RDO for the five bucks a month and Spotify frequently has like the 99 cents for your first month. So, you know, it doesn't mm -hmm. hurt to go try that out, see what it's like, because I know with Spotify on the mobile app, you cannot listen to albums in album order. It shuffles what? everything that you listen to, I think, or maybe that's just playlists. I don't know. But I heard that at one point on Spotify's mobile app, it just shuffled everything. You couldn't play on demand if you didn't pay for the premium account. That sounds nuts. That would drive me insane. And yeah. I would immediately just leave. I wouldn't I wouldn't pay for the service just to get my albums in order. I would just be like, okay, any any company that does that is not getting my dime. Yeah, and I mean I'll look that up, you know, as soon as we're done here, <laughs> just in case I need to correct <laughs> myself at some point. But I'm pretty yeah. sure at least some portion or the majority of the 
mobile experience had to be on shuffle. And as someone who loves listening to an album top to bottom, that would drive me crazy because sometimes I don't like, yeah, I don't really like listening to albums on shuffle at all. I was like, if I want stuff shuffled, I'll just go make a playlist of stuff and throw in other artists too. So I think it definitely changes the album listening experience if you have to listen to it on shuffle every time. I would never do that. I almost exclusively listen to music as an album. Like I, I j- I'm very rarely playing playlists. I put together playlists usually as uh, ways to kind of remind myself of what I was listening to at the time years in the future. Um, I use that as a, kind of a nostalgic trip. But for the most part, if I'm in the mood for something, I'm going to listen to a record. That's just kind of how I, I work. Yeah. And, you know, I also have made playlists and stuff. And that's more so for s- songs that I don't either have the full albums for or I just have never really listened to the full albums like I have an oldies playlist and it has a bunch of Aretha Franklin, Etta James and artists that I don't necessarily sit down and listen to their full albums it's just like they have their hits that I really like even though you know the albums are easily available on Apple Music but I just those I just want to listen to the hits listen to the songs I know and the songs I like because if I went back to all of the Motown era and went and listened through every single album top to bottom that would just be way more music than I am interested in listening to at the moment for that specific (laughs) type of music yeah yeah no totally with you there with the oldies um I had to be in a certain mood um that's not to say that I won't put on a like a Bing Crosby compilation and and listen to that for hours on end because there's just so much of it but uh I'm with you if I'm I'm if I'm into oldies um that's even a good time to listen to radio you know I very rarely use FM radio but if you're if you're interested in the oldies that's a it's a good thing to put on yeah definitely and I just looked it up so on Spotify's support website it says Spotify free on mobile you get ad-supported, shuffle-only access on compatible devices. This means you can't stream specific songs on demand, and you're only able to skip a track six times per hour. Sometimes you'll hear a mix of similar tracks from other artists to what you're playing. So if I can't even sit there and listen to an album on shuffle and they're just going to start tossing in other artists, it's like, I can't do that. I can't be any part of that. <laughs> no, that's insane. That's insanity. I think that's ridiculous. I would never pay for that. Yeah. And it's like, aren't the ads enough already? Like now you have to ruin our music listening experience if we don't want to pay you 10 bucks a month. Yeah, no, no, thank you. I'm I'm good. So you're using Apple Music too, right? Yes. Okay. All right, cool. That's, that's awesome. Um, Is it just you? I saw you had, uh, you had notes in here for um, like family accounts or is it just you or is your family using it too? It is just me because I'm the only one with Apple equipment. Like my parents are on Android phones and at the moment, they don't even have a laptop. So <laughs> I'm the only yeah. one using it. But I just wanted to bring that up because there are a lot of people who their entire family is, you know, Apple only. And for mm-hmm. them, it would make a ton of sense to do 15 bucks a month instead of each paying for, for a different streaming service. And yeah. I think, you know, obviously the $10 a month is sort of the main individual price point. But I think Mm -hmm. what Apple could do to make it a little more appealing to some people is, you know, a lot of places will do if you pay monthly, you pay this. But if you want it for the entire year, you can pay a couple bucks less a month. So if Apple did something like that and say offered a full year for a hundred bucks instead of a hundred and twenty bucks, I think they could even grab a few more people that way. Yeah, that's an idea. That's not bad. Uh, I used to use the family 
family subscription plan on Ardeo, my girlfriend, uh, my sister, and my buddy and I all kind of shared. And I think the I, you can't quote me on this. I, you'd have to look back. I I probably have a catalog somewhere on my blog if it's not available <laughs> on their website anymore. But I think it was like twenty four ninety nine a month. Um, and you, it would get a little bit cheaper, obviously, every time when you split it and you add another person to it. And I think right. you could do up to five. Uh, but I, I think what I ended up paying the, at that point was like $6.40 a month. And then everybody would just, you know, send me whatever the amount was via cash. And, uh, and, and that was kind of nice. It was, you know, it was really cheap. And, you know, looking at it now, like it would be cool to have a family account on Apple Music. My girlfriend is actually using Spotify right now. I'm using Apple Music, so we're a little bit split up in that way. I think everybody <laughs> that was on my plan is using Spotify now instead of Apple Music, except for me. Um, but that said, I, I think it would be cool to have that family account. But my one concern with that and the way that they run it uh, is I believe you have to do like the uh, – I'm not I'm not positive of this, but I think you have to do like i like the iCloud family sharing oh, okay. to take part in the family plan on Apple Music. I think you actually have to like uh, share your stuff over iCloud, which can get really messy in other aspects of the op- operating system. So I I'm kind of hesitant to go that direction with yeah. it, but uh, I I hope that they can open that up to just basically saying hey this apple id is gonna be part of my family plan i hope that they can do something like that because that would be something that i would be interested in sharing with my girlfriend even though you know we're probably not entirely comfortable with sharing the other aspects of icloud um, that comes with the family plan itself yeah and as you and i know from listening to various tech podcasts family sharing has sort of had its problems just in general not even with regards to apple music specifically because i know We've probably listened to a lot of the Relay FM podcasts or something where they talk about having their kids on a family plan so they can kind of, you know, say what they can and can't buy and sort of authorize purchases and stuff. And then you you always hear these like horror stories of things disappearing or accounts getting messed up and some people have stuff and some people don't. And it just sounds not like... Apparently photo libraries are are a complete disaster right now with the family sharing. See, I'm not much of a picture person, so that kind of works out well for me at the moment. It's like I have a ton of pictures from stuff, but I haven't taken anything recently. Yeah, I got a lot of screenshots lately. (laughs) Just looking back, I haven't taken a whole lot of photos. My girlfriend's pretty good at that. She's the one that that documents my life. Yeah, all of my photos are like (laughs) books, vinyl, and food that get posted on Instagram. (laughs) That's it. I'm I'm not in any of the pictures. (laughs) That's good. So with Apple Music, like, how long have you been using it since the initial beta, like the trial period? I don't know if I did the beta. I might have, but I probably still kept whatever service I was using on my phone at the time just because I wasn't too sure Mm -hmm. about it. But one thing I do want to note real quick is it is extremely difficult to transfer playlists. I know there are apps, but then it's Mm. like you have to pay for the app on top of that. I believe I ended up using SongShift. And it would only transfer like 100 songs in a playlist. And I was, you know, I had a couple of playlists that were like way longer than that because it was just like I had a genre and I just had a ton of songs being put in there as I came across them and enjoyed them. And I was like, uh, so half my playlist is missing. This isn't cool. So, you know, I haven't been bothered enough by it to sort of go back into Apple Music and start adding all of the other stuff because... Going from Spotify to Apple Music with that app, I was just like, 
do I really want to pay to have all these songs or do I not care enough at this point? So I wish there were some better way to like export playlists and then just Mm -hmm. import them. But it doesn't seem like any of the streaming services have sort of figured that out for when people switch services. Yeah, that's that's one thing I wish Ardea would have done. Um, I, w- I wish there would have been an easier way to do it from Ardeo. Obviously, it's not Ardeo's responsibility to uh, link up with Apple and say, hey, let's let's find a way to bring our users to you. Uh, there were third-party services that allowed you to import the... Uh, like you got like this exported data file of all of the stuff in your library, which was nice. And you could use that with third party systems to load that into Spotify. I don't think a system ever came into place specifically for Apple. Right. So there's definitely a lot, a lot of opportunity there. That's, that's nothing that I really was too concerned with because a lot of the stuff that I had in Ardea was stuff that I had in my library already, because at that time I had kind of been, I was downloading a lot more stuff. Uh, I was buying a lot more stuff. Um, I was being sent a lot of more stuff while I was working on the blogs that I was writing for at the time. So a lot of that kind of got loaded into my Apple Music that way. But I've I've heard similar stories from people that are trying to move their their libraries from one place to the next, and it's kind of difficult with Apple. I feel like the it's not quite as open because they don't have as many APIs for this as say Spotify or RDO did. Yeah, and those were services that were offered cross-platform and everything. Like, it didn't matter whether you were on Apple or Windows or if you had an Android phone. It's like you could Mm -hmm. get Spotify wherever, especially because they have a web player, too. So you can just open your browser and log into Spotify. And I know RDO was the same way, I believe, I don't recall if I yeah, used yeah, web it did have more a web browser. or if I used the Mac app. I probably just used web because I was like, why have another app on my computer? <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't missing a whole lot because the the uh, app version was essentially just a uh, it was just kind of a a web viewer, so to yeah. speak. It, it had a window. It had like a you know play buttons and everything. Um, it interacted nicely with the like you know play pause buttons on your uh, your keyboard. It you know, it had like the nice notifications and everything, but more or less it was a web viewer. So it was more or less the same thing. Yeah. And I think what initially led me to Apple Music was the fact that I would no longer have to have two apps on my phone for music anymore. And as you know, from having written about music, even before I started doing that, when you get album advances and stuff, and you want to like listen to them walking to class or something, or if you're Mm -hmm. driving or something like that, it's very annoying to have to be like, okay, so where is this album? Is this out yet? Do I have it here? Or do I have it in this app? And I think that was the yeah. main reason I instantly jumped on Apple Music because I was like, all right, they're telling me everything's going to be in one place. And I'm sure there are going to be a lot of bugs to work out with this because that's such a vast amount of music to have in one place. But To me, the idea of having just one music app on my home screen was really pleasant. (laughs) And that's precisely why I went to Apple Music right away. Yeah, Um, I didn't go back to Spotify, which I actually used before Ardeo. I went straight to Apple Music because that was the big sell. I was actually considering using both Ardeo and Apple Music at the same time when I found out that was going to be a possibility. Um, I, I do recall Jason Tate writing something on his blog years ago. It was when Chorus first started, and he was a big RDO user as well. Yeah, He spoke of the possibility, like, if RDO were to um, 
kind of cater to the music journalists uh, that were using the app probably more predominantly than most people and that's probably why they closed yeah, but if yeah. they were to if they were to cater to us those that get advances from people in the way that they could give publishers give PR agents a way to allow access to certain albums early through our Dio it would essentially be what Holix does yeah but through a service that also is your standard music player so if you're an Ardio user and you're listening through you know, the old uh, back catalogs of the Wonder Years or Fireworks or something, when those new records come out, you could easily add that through there early when you get the advances from, you know, the publicist or the label or whoever happens to be sending it. That was an interesting idea to me because, you know, like, you know, getting, you know, getting advances or getting demos from bands that want your feedback on things as they're recording and, you know, working on songs. Like this is something that I've been dealing with since high school now. So like I have this huge back catalog, these archives of, you know, albums that I got as advances that are, or maybe are not available on Apple music. In most cases they are, but I do have a bunch of records that were put out and were pulled. For example, um, Roy English put out an EP years ago. Uh, it was fantastic. It was a very good record. Um, but when he started kind of rebranding his image a little bit and breaking away from the scene a bit more and, you know, leaning more towards the, uh, you know, the pop world and doing song professional songwriting and stuff like that, he changed it up and he took that EP off. You can't actually buy that EP anymore. And there are similar examples with other artists in our scene. Um, you know, the cinema doesn't have their first record on uh, Apple Music now. I think they might have it on Spotify, but they don't have it on Apple Music. Um, there are Deus Vale songs. There are songs by the singer My Favorite Highway that he put out solo twice under two different names, and you can't find those yeah. on streaming services anymore. But I have these because I bought them or they were sent to me. Um, you know, it's this huge back catalog, and that's why I love Apple Music, and that's why I've been really getting into it in the past couple weeks uh, because I've been kind of getting together all my old hard drives, which have you know various uh, sections of my music library from you know section. They're kind of like chunks, so I have like 2008 to 2009, and then 2010 to 2014. They're all like separated, so I'm trying to get them all together. And Apple Music has been doing a really great job for the most part with a few hiccups here and there at getting all of that together and putting it in the cloud in a way that I can access it whenever I want. And I don't have to go digging in my archives anymore. It's just there. I love it. Yeah, definitely. It's funny that you mentioned Roy English because now I am wondering if I have that EP that you were talking about because <laughs> I was, you know, I was a huge I Alaska fan. I mean, I have an I Alaska tattoo, so I was a pretty big fan. Do you really? Yeah, it just says miles don't mean anything. It's not like an album cover or anything. So I feel like it's a little less no that's cool so that's awesome <laughs> i didn't know that about you that's awesome yeah, i love that band it's the only tattoo i have but like after interning at fearless and everything i was like okay like this is the band i really like from what fearless <laughs> did and i ended up with my boss i believe it was the second summer i interned at fearless i was doing mm-hmm. publishing and my boss just handed me a hard drive at fearless with all of their older stuff from like when they started in the 90s and that is totally more my thing than like motionless and white and pierce the veil and the newer bands they were working with so i was just (laughs) so stoked to have that and i haven't even bothered to look and see if apple music has most of that stuff because i don't know if you knew about fearless being bought out i believe it was by 
Concord bicycle or something like that. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things have been changing at Fearless and I have no clue what's happened with any of that music that I still have copies of. See, that's the fun part. That's what I love. Yeah. My favorite thing in music is is archiving the stuff that people won't care about in five years. And it's amazing how much of that stuff there is. Like a lot of the artists that I started working with when I was in high school, you know, they were they were like mid-level. They were touring bands. You know, they were getting signed to labels. They were bigger bands. And they're, you know, they're demoing all the time. And they're, you know, they're making all these early versions of stuff before they go to the studio and record it for the LP or whatever they happen to be doing. And they would send it to me and they'd just want my feedback. And it'd be like, that's great. Like, keep sending it. I love this stuff. And they're like, well, what are you going to do with it? You know, like, you're not going to put it out. I'm like, no, I just want to save it. Because in five <laughs> right, years. Right. This is going to be ridiculously interesting. It's it's awesome to track the progress of an artist. And, you know, in some cases, like, uh, a fun example I have is, okay, Taylor Thrash. I don't know if you know who Taylor Thrash is. I don't. Um, but... He he's a uh, he's kind of he's kind of like a, a power poppy pop punk singer. I'm not really sure what he's what he's doing now. I'm not sure if he's still active with the with the music thing. Uh, but a, maybe a year or so ago, uh, I was digging through some old hard drives. I found a band. I had absolutely no idea who they are. I think they were called Brown Eyed Deception. Uh, I think I just downloaded their demos from Pure Volume or something. I was really active on there in 2009. So I, I'm thinking Pure Volume or MySpace. And so I, I just like downloaded these at one point because I thought it was cool. I downloaded everything in 2009, didn't care what it was. And so, you know, now in 2016, 2017, I'm going through these songs. I'm finding all these old files. I'm like, who the hell is this? What band is this? You know, it, it doesn't matter whatever, whether it's good or bad, because my, my tastes have obviously changed. So a lot of it's terrible. But I'm right. looking online to like see what this band was, where I found this, you know, where it's still available. And in most cases, like especially on MySpace or Pure Volume, um, the songs might still be listed there. But the server files are are so old and, and, you know, they're just like wasting space. So they get flushed out. Right. A lot of these uh, streaming services or social media platforms will flush this stuff out because it's, it's not worth the bandwidth. So it's not there anymore. Even though, you know, they uploaded it there, they thought it would be there forever, it's not there. So in most cases, like, I, I, I'm probably, I probably have a ton of songs that a lot of people don't have. And so in the case of this Taylor Thrash band from, you know, 2006 or whatever that I downloaded, um, I tweeted about it. I, you know, I just said, hey, like, I just found all these songs from Taylor Thrash back in 2006. He sent me an email and he's like, man... I haven't heard those songs since I was 16 years old. I don't have <laughs> copies of them anymore. Can you send them to me? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it, it's cool to like go through these songs and, and have them in a way that, you know, you can send them to the artists who made them who don't even have them anymore. I find that stuff fascinating. A lot of people don't, but I, I think it's interesting. And what I like most about Apple Music is obviously that I can I can put all this on there and I, I can like have this available to me all the time because otherwise i'm just like yeah I, I think i have that on an old hard drive but it's nice to say like oh my gosh yeah that band was amazing let me pull that up and i can play it in the car it's just it's a really cool thing and i i just love that that's an option with the icloud music library i think it's a huge selling point at least for a music geek like me that you know has all these old demos and you know the biggest thing, I think the first thing I probably put on my iCloud music library was my Beatles collection because okay. a bunch of it is available now, but they, you know, there's so many like weird Beatles anthologies with all these unheard songs and like all these old, you know, 
all these old uh, compilations with you know their first recordings and stuff. You can't get that on Apple Music, but you can put it on Apple Music through your library, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, and I probably don't have as much necessarily unreleased stuff as you do because I don't really have bands just sending me things that they don't plan <laughs> on releasing or that they're not sure if they're going to release. Usually what I'm getting is, you know, a finished product from publicists and everything, but I do have some like demos and rarities from some other bands just mm-hmm. here and there. Like my cousin was a huge Green Day fan and I am too. And it's, you know, mostly because of her. So she sent me and gave me some CDs to burn when, you know, computers had CD drives in them. But that's a whole other (laughs) story for a different day. And, Uh you know, so I have some of these Green Day songs that I don't think I've ever seen on Apple Music at all. And it's not a whole lot. It's maybe like a handful of songs, if that, but it's still cool to be able to have those in your library because you're like, these aren't on their studio albums at all. So Apple Music likely won't have them because, you know, maybe the label didn't even get them. And, you know, it's something the band just did themselves and sort of let it come out (laughs) without the label's permission or something like that. And you mostly see it with, you know, some of these smaller bands that you and I might personally know and these smaller artists. But when Mm. you have artists on the scale that Green Day's at, now or even you know when American Idiot came out having those things is just sort of cool to look back on what the band was like and my cousin was lucky enough to be able to see Green Day play like a hundred cap rooms or like play at dive bars that could barely hold anyone in them and it's like I don't get that experience but if she wants to send me these things that sort of emulate that kind of experience that's totally fine by me Exactly. Like the cool thing is about music, you know, there, there's always somebody that is, is listening. You know, there's, there's somebody that was there for the beginning of it. And that's, what's fascinating to me. Like in my local scene, I try to catalog as much as I possibly can regarding, um, you know, my favorite local bands, um, dead letter or i'm sorry uh dead leaves being one of them formerly call it fiction i have you know i have their old demos on cdrs like i was there for those shows where they were just handing out cdrs trying to get people to listen to their music yeah um runaway brother like they're they're big you know i'm a huge fan of theirs and and they're friends of mine and i like to catalog the stuff that they send me that you know may or may not end up being on the record i love that kind of stuff and uh, one of the the coolest examples of of my like latest dig through my archives is you know the 1975, which anybody who knows the 1975 knows that they've been around for a long time, right? And they've had a lot of names. They <laughs> they've been putting out music for years under different monikers, different bands, band names, and uh, and luckily, um, I just so happened to know somebody that was kind of there for that uh there's a guy named matt sayward he you know he's a he's a guitarist in the cape race um they're a band out of manchester and uh i think he does a and r for lab records i could be wrong um but he he's been playing with the guys in the 1975 at shows like you know local shows in manchester for years and obviously the 1975 is huge and the cape race didn't quite make it to the level that the 1975 did but he has all of these songs from like their old myspaces all of their different stages he had all of that so it's awesome to like get that stuff from somebody that was there archiving his scene because everybody's seen is completely different. You know, they're all people that are interacting with each other at local shows. They're all supporting each other, all doing all this cool stuff. And those are the people that are going to have access 
to the cool old archives and demos and, and cool stuff like that when that band that like one band makes it huge out of your scene and that's what i i try to do i try to archive all that stuff and that's what i, I you know i i think that's really cool um i'm gonna have to send you the dead letter diaries which is uh the old band that came before i alaska okay um, so that, that has like Brandon Ronsky, uh, now Roy English and Cam, uh, who, who's doing a, like an EDM project called Brooklyn now. Um, yeah. but those two started this band when they were like super young and it sounds completely different and I'll have to send that to you cause you'll think it's hilarious as an Alaska fan, but <laughs> I think we're, we're getting pretty dorky now. I, I realize I'm kind of gushing just because I've been going through so much stuff and I love it. That's but the whole the point of that this I podcast. To... It's fine. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Geekdom, right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm a music geek and I love metadata and I love, you know, like putting together all this stuff. And so with Apple, I feel like I have more control over that because with Spotify, um, I know you can load in or you used to be able to load in your local library, but I don't think they have the option to put that in the cloud to access anywhere you are. Um, but with Apple, like you have always an iTunes, you, you have access to edit the metadata and you can change things the way you want it because with unreleased stuff and with demos and stuff like that, there's there's no official album art. There's no official titles. So you kind of have a, a level of control with that that you don't anywhere else. And that's another reason that I, I, I like the system. Um, it's nice to have the access everywhere. It's nice to have uh, control of the metadata. But with Apple Music, and I, I think this kind of leads into maybe one of the cons that you have listed here, mm-hmm. um, are some of the issues where... Uh, where you add something from your local library and the, you know, like albums uh, that are available on Apple music aren't being matched correctly. Is that, is that kind of what you're dealing with? A little bit. The most recent instance of this was I received an advanced copy of the less than Jake album. And, you know, I downloaded it from, I'm sure it was Holix and, you know, everything should be correct because you're already putting the song titles and you know the track order and everything and the album art in holics as it is and then i put it into apple music and you know i let it sync to the icloud music library and it split it into two albums and it had like Mm. four or five songs on one and the rest on the other and i was like no why are you doing this so you know i kind of had to be patient wait for it to finish syncing and then go in and try to edit the metadata and it's like everything is exactly the same i have the artist i have the album i have the album artist they're all you know the same Mm -hmm. and it still won't combine the album into the full album and this is now even that the album is released so it's like okay what is your deal why will you not let me make (laughs) this one album and i've had that happen here and there a couple of other times but like i mentioned to you earlier i don't think I've had nearly as many problems as other people have had because you know I've had people say you know like a ton of their stuff was deleted and I do have one instance where that happened and again it was with advanced copies of stuff I believe it was the modern baseball album and another album that was coming out around the same time their last album came out and I think what I did was I went to remove the download on my phone or something And it just like wiped it out completely. I was like, uh, no, hello. I did not want to do that. And because they were advances, <laughs> you know, with Holix, you can set it to only allow for one download. Download once, right. Yeah. And I believe that had been done with Modern Baseball and possibly the other album. So I was lucky enough that I used Backblaze. 
So I was able yes. to like pull it out of Backblaze before Backblaze updated. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what am I doing? And I literally yeah. was like having a panic attack because I was like, what just happened? What did I do? I don't know what's going on. And, you know, it took me a while. I was like texting Emily Hakes because she works at Brixton, which they were doing press for not only modern baseball but i'm pretty sure it was an album she sent me that i had accidentally deleted as well and i was like i don't know what to do do you know what to do what do i do and i was like okay let me just take a breath here and then i was like oh yeah i pay for backblaze for a reason so you know free backblaze advertising here today guys if you don't have it you should definitely check that out (laughs) it's like i believe what 50 bucks for the entire year maybe i don't don't actually know (laughs) because i think think that's roughly what i pay I think I just came up on a year of Backblaze, but I didn't get like notification of the the payment. But I, you know, still have the service and I love it. And and you're not alone. Like all yeah. those concerns are definitely <laughs> things that I've run into in the past couple of weeks as I've been going through my library. And uh, and I think I have some answers for you. Okay. I think I, I can I can help you out. Okay, number one, uh, with the with the problem where you're trying to match things that you've downloaded and you've uploaded, um, even though you. Um, have gone back and you've changed all the metadata to match exactly what it's supposed to be according to Apple, um, according to what was uploaded to Apple. Sometimes that can be different than what was uploaded to, to Holix, um, specifically because it's going through the label, not the PR. Okay. Uh, it, it really just depends on who's uploading it and at what stage they've uploaded it. Because a lot of times stuff that's getting uploaded to Holix will be uploaded a lot sooner, obviously, than it's going to be um, uploaded to Apple and be made available. So at some point, something could have changed. You know, they could have put uh, a dash in the song title of something. They could have capitalized something where on your version, it's it's not capitalized. Um, but once you've put that into Apple and it's uploaded to Apple Music, mm-hmm. uh, it will no longer match. It only matches one time. So if you want to have that matched just so you have the one version, I would suggest this. Go into your iTunes on your computer and navigate to the artist that you're having the issue with go to the album uh, or in your case albums if it splits it into two sections uh, and select all and remove both um, don't remove both just say delete from library and i say that because remove download is where a lot of people get into trouble with apple music and that's one of my biggest complaints and that's something that i think they actually very they very much need to change it because it's very confusing language it can yeah. completely destroy data but in this case i would say delete from library navigate to the files on your computer bring them back in with the correct data like once you've edited all the metadata it should be good once you load it back in it'll match correctly and, and you're going to be good to go now, with the remove download, that's that's where a lot of people are, are complaining. Um, a lot of people have had some really major issues with this. I'll provide some links to some really high-profile examples of this. Jim Dalrymple from Blue oh, yeah, had, yeah. Uh, he was had a, a terrible experience. <laughs> he, he was so pissed. And and he has reason to be. And he, he you know, luckily he has access to Apple and he can get that data back. But most people don't. And this is something that I ran into. And thankfully, Backblaze was there to help me out. But I had uh, like, a you know, early versions of some... Um, I think it was the all-american rejects i don't know maybe it was like one of their first eps okay. uh songs about a girl i think I, I don't know but i i had that in there and i realized that i had done i had um i had messed something up so for some reason i had to delete it out of my library so that i could get it to resync with uh icloud and in the process i accidentally hit remove download now when you have it 
in your iCloud library and it's matched, it, it basically tells you it's in the cloud. And because you uploaded it from the files on your computer, it, it kind of says like, okay, it's in the cloud, but you have a download of it. Even though that's not really true because the source of it was from your hard drive. Yeah. It's kind of making it seem as if the source is from Apple Music and you have it on your hard drive. So if you hit remove download on your PC on something that you had on your hard drive, it will remove that download from your computer. The original files, which is wrong. It should not do that. It right. shouldn't touch the original files at all. And so what I'm doing now is I'm I'm actually I'm putting it all into Apple Music. And then once I'm completely finished with that, I'm going to be essentially copying my library over again to a separate hard drive as like a as a fail safe archive. Like this will never be touched again. Like it gets put on there, gets unplugged, and that's that. It's just it's something I'm scared of, and I think it's something that needs to be fixed. But that's the biggest issue that I found with people. And apart from that, like I think a lot of the syncing issues are just, um, it is confusing. And I think you have to do a little bit of research sometimes to figure out exactly how to do it. Right. But in most cases you just need to, you know, fix all the metadata. So it matches the iCloud version or the Apple music version and then clear it all out, put it back in and then you're good to go. Yeah. I will definitely have to do that. I think, you know, like I said, I've been able to fix it on some albums once the, album is actually out and everything Mm -hmm. but it's just one of those like simple things that's super annoying to have to do it's like why are you not working because I was thinking that even if it didn't necessarily match Apple Music the fact that both of the albums matched each other would allow them to just be put into the same album that was not matched to Apple Music but clearly (laughs) that is not how logic works with Apple so well you would think that if some if artist Y put out album X and album X had the same number of tracks as the Apple version of album X, then it would just be able to figure that out. Yeah, you know, yeah. Case, it, it shouldn't have to be case sensitive, but you know, it's, that's just the case. Yeah. And I remember, I think it might've been the Menzingers recent album in the press copy of it. They had, you know, different song titles for some of the songs, you know, like some songs were followed by subtitles in parentheses and on Bandcamp Mm -hmm. it didn't have that so it's like if you got the advanced copy or if you ordered on Bandcamp or were using Apple Music it's like they didn't all match so I was like what is going on because I remember I wrote a review of that album and I had Megan editing it and I was like wait why did you change my song titles and I was like oh oh, okay apparently they're not matching everywhere else from the copy I have so I was like all right all right we're we're good but it was just one of those things where I was like why do bands do this (laughs) you know yeah ID3 tags definitely get interesting when you have uh, bonus tracks coming into play, especially when there are bonus tracks that are different from album to album, like different releases. So you could have like the iTunes bonus tracks and then there could be completely different bonus tracks that are exclusive to Target. Yes. Target is the main (laughs) one that does this too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's always, it's always, it's usually like weird acoustic versions of things, but you know, you (laughs) want it all right. So it is interesting to have to put that all together, but I haven't had too much difficulty most of the time. It's just kind of like, rebooting it so to speak by reloading that music back into itunes once you've cleared it out yeah and like i said it hasn't been a major issue but i think for me Mm -hmm. when i had the remove download issue there you know i did it on my phone 
And I thought I was just simply removing the download from my phone to make more space on my phone because, you know, if you have too much music, you know, I don't want my phone being nearly full with, you know, a bunch of albums downloaded on Apple Music if I'm on Wi-Fi 99% of the time or something like that. So I thought I was just simply removing the download from my phone. And then I got to my laptop mm -hmm. later and I was like, uh, excuse me, where did this go? And I, that's when I was in a panic. I was like, what did I do? And I do yeah. agree that, you know, I think the way that I thought about it made a lot more sense than just, you know, deleting the whole thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is frustrating, and especially for someone who's not like a like a power user, so to speak. I think a lot of people could really get in trouble and lose some lose some data. I mean, Jim yeah. Dalrymple is an advanced user, but he lost hours of his favorite Black Sabbath songs. Or I know he's into like classic metal, so right. you know, whatever that was, he lost all of these like you know bootleg tracks or um, you know random albums that aren't available anywhere. Like you can't just lose that. Like it's in his case, it's a lot of stuff he bought. Like he had hard yeah. copies of, and maybe he doesn't have hard copies of those anymore. So it's, it is confusing. And I think that there's a lot of work to be done on that. Um, I think some of the, the layout on the mobile version of Apple music has really improved. I'm still hoping that they can do something with the desktop version to make that a little more clear. Um, yeah. and especially when it comes to differentiating, differentiating uploads, uh, with like matched music um, as opposed to music from Apple music, because depending on when it was uploaded, I feel like a lot of the stuff that I uploaded early on um, when they did a refresh, some of it got mixed up. So if you look at some of the, the ID three tags and like the details tab of your, your ID three info pane, um, it'll say that stuff is sourced from Apple music when it's entirely impossible for that stuff to be sourced from Apple music. It's, it should be located in the cloud. It should say that it's the, you know, the iCloud music library, but some of that gets muddled up and I'm not really sure how all the back end of the system works, but I think some more clarity and some more transparency on how all of that exactly functions would ease my mind in a way and kind of allow me to know, okay, this was something that I had downloaded. Let me see if I can find that file because I need to send it to somebody or, okay, like, this is something from Apple Music. Um, it's like this. It's like a newer version of a record. I need to find the older version of the record that has this different bridge. You know what I mean? Because that's that's something I sometimes look for. In case in point, um, Cartel's album Chroma. Okay. There are two versions of that record, and a lot of people don't know that because they've heard the newer record that was you know put out in a mass release, but they don't know the militia group version that had a completely different version of, uh, you know, a, a, a couple of songs. There's like three songs that were mixed differently and, and have like a different uh, bridge or something like that. But being able to go in there and differentiate the difference between the two would be a lot, a lot more beneficial. You know, if there was just a way to say, Hey, this is from your local library or Hey, this is from Apple music rather just saying it's all in the cloud figure it out. <laughs> yeah. It does get a little mixed up. What I've noticed is that there aren't even some consistencies between the Mac app and the iPhone app that I feel like should be there because I just opened up both apps to confirm if I was thinking about this correctly. But when I add stuff from Apple Music on my Mac, I get the little iCloud cloud logo in the bottom mm -hmm. left of the album and then for stuff okay. that i have downloaded i don't get that there but then on my phone it's like there's no little cloud logo anywhere on albums i've downloaded or added from apple music so it's like you know just something as simple as that should be on both 
platforms, you know, mm. because I know you are probably the same way and you're just like, can we just have some consistency, please? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not sure I entirely know what you're what you're talking about. You mean like the cloud logo that has like the downward facing arrow? It does not have that until I like hover over it. So I don't really. Yeah. So it's just okay. like I'll I'll send you a screenshot of what my screen. Are you on Sierra? Because I think I'm still on El yes, Capitan. I am okay. on Sierra. So I don't think I have the newest i iCloud or iTunes. So I don't know if I can speak to that. But at least on my version of iTunes, um, next to every single album, whether it be something that I uploaded or something that was available, it either says downloaded, meaning that it's it's probably matched to something that's on my computer right now, um, or it's in the cloud. Yeah, so that's interesting. I don't remember if I noticed that when I was on El Capitan, but like I said, I'll send you a screenshot and you can determine if it's the same or completely different. But <laughs> I just know that just between being on the most updated version on both my phone and my Mac, I feel like there should be consistency there. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely agree. You know, looking back at some of the stuff that I uploaded when I initially got Apple Music, um, you know, it says that it's in the cloud. It just shows me the download button, but it's, you know, that is stuff that I do have on my hard drive. And I feel like that should link to it. Even if, you know, my hard drive is disconnected at some point. Um, if it's reconnected, I feel like it should say, yes, this is downloaded. Yes, this is something that you uploaded, but here is a link to that file on your computer. But if you look at the file section on the info pane, it doesn't say that. Uh, you know, I have an old Adam Young EP that he put out before he was Owl City, and it says that it's uploaded. The location is iCloud, and I know I have that on my computer. I know it's in a folder, but it doesn't point to that anymore. However, you know, the new uh, the new acceptance album, it does say that it, it is there. So it it's very confusing. I can't really figure out why it does the things it does. Um, there are probably limitations to this. It is a very complex system. It's a very weird thing that they even offer this. Right. You know, it, 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 that's why I went with Apple Music in the first place, because they offer the service that absolutely nobody else has. Uh, otherwise, I would just have to, you know, <laughs> sync all of these songs to iTunes, and I wouldn't have um, exactly the you know, the capabilities that I do with the cloud and being able to pull that down no matter where I am and kind of having that uh, backup in a way is kind of nice, even though I'm not really sure how I can retain those files if i were to lose everything like say my my hard drive fried my backblaze was deleted for some reason but i have the music in apple music right i don't know if there's actually a way to recover those files like if i downloaded it to my computer is is there a way to grab those files and you know put them back in a folder i don't know if that's the case i I, i'll have to do some more research on that but in a way, it's it's nice to have it there, but I still rely on Backblaze backup. So if, if yeah. there's any theme to this, I would say that Apple Music is fantastic for those that have massive music libraries that are not, uh, you know, like the pop releases, like the the versions that are never going to go away. They're always going to be on iTunes. Right. I would say it's for it's for those people that are really geeky about music. Um, but that said, if if you're really concerned about losing a bunch of your music, I would still keep. Uh, a sturdy backup, whether it be on an external hard drive with Time Machine or Backblaze or similar similar service. I think that's a really important part of it. Yeah, and I definitely do both. Like I have a to-do in my Todoist app every Saturday to back up my laptop to my actual hard drive. Uh, and that's on top of having Backblaze. But I did just send you the screenshot over Skype. 
so the album on the left there is one I added from Apple Music, and then the one on the right is one that I had a copy of myself. So it's like just that mm-hmm. little cloud symbol is sort of there on all of the Apple Music releases that I've added. And, you know, I'm seeing them for ones I added like three months ago. So it's like clearly they're in mm-hmm. my collection. So I don't really know. Oh, I think I see what you mean. Yeah. Wait, Culprit put it on your record? Yes, it just came out on Friday. Oh, I missed that. Cool. Check out Culprit. Love that band. Um, yeah, I'm not entirely. This is from your uh, your phone? This is from my Mac. So on my phone, oh, that okay. little cloud on the Ed Sheeran album does not show up at all oh, on my phone, which huh. is what annoys me because then I'm on my phone and I'm like, wait, did I buy this or is this something I added? And it's like there's no indication on my phone of what is what basically in my collection. Oh, okay. Now that I'm looking at the album's view on my computer, I can kind of see the same thing. Uh, Colliding by Design is does not have a little cloud on it. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure why that is. I think maybe that's just saying like... Uh, like, hey, this is, is yours. Apple Music or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I From what it seems to be, it looks like anything that has the cloud on it is something that you added from Apple Music. Right. Anything else is not. Yeah, that's because what everything I was thinking. That, yeah, because I have Colliding by Design by Acceptance here. I have... Um, I have You of All People by FS, and then I have the new John Mayer EPs, and those are all ones that I uploaded myself. Everything else that I have in the past uh, you know, several weeks, or at least new releases, um, those were all uploaded to Apple Music by the artists themselves, and it was something that I added through the service. So, okay. Yeah, I, I think that, <laughs> that probably is what that means. I don't know what yeah. it looks like on the, the phone, but I think that's what They just all look there. like the albums that you've downloaded on your phone. Yeah. So, or the albums yeah. that you own. So that's like to me, it's like okay, you really can't just put the cloud on the phone. <laughs> you know, it seems so simple <laughs> when you're talking yeah. about a company the size of Apple. But I, <laughs> I heard you just mention that you are now looking at it in the album view. So that sort of brings me to my next question. I think Jason Tate and I discussed this briefly when I was on one of the encore episodes. But how do you prefer to view your music? Because personally, I have everything in the album view all the time. And then I have it in, I believe, when you do the drop down on the library, I have it in recently added so that, you know, I have my advances and everything like right at the top of my collection. And is this on your phone or on the computer? I have it the same on both. Okay. I don't really know um, because on Apple Music, like when you go to your library, like recently added is automatically like right there. I don't, right. Is that something that you can change? I think it is because I think if you just go down to albums, then it's in alphabetical order on the Mac for me at least. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, on my phone, like under albums, it gives you title and artist. You can sort by that. Uh, myself, I, I generally sort by artists. Like I'll type in the artist first because I'll know exactly what it is I'm looking for. And that, that's easier to me than looking up the album names because I don't always remember, right. you know, the name of, you know, Nick Santino's EP from 2014. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember what that's called. So I'm just going to look up Nick Santino. Um, so I, I generally look, well, I'll, I'll look by like recently added if it's something that I like. Uh, the nice thing about uh, Apple Music is it'll it'll give you like recently played under the For You tab. It'll give you like playlists. You can do the heavy rotation thing, which is really nice. I really love that because like, yeah, I want to listen to Sprained Ankle today. So there you go. It's right, right. there. Uh, Julian Baker right up front. But I generally will go under artists just because that's, I don't know, that's that's how my mindset works. I'm I'm very 
since I use Music Match Music Match Jukebox on my uh, my Windows 2005 computer at my <laughs> my parents' house back in the day, um, that's when I really started kicking off. My music collection was in Music Match and in Winamp. So you know, in the early 2000s, I was very much a artist album play. Like that's that's kind of how I'm wired. So that that's what works for me. Yeah, and I think another thing that is sort of a pro for this is there are so many different ways you can configure your collection and different ways that you can view it so that not everyone is necessarily going to have their collection in the same order or view it the same way. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, apparent just between the two of us talking about it. Oh, yeah. Everybody's different. I mean, a lot of people don't care. A, a right. lot, I mean, most people, realistically, a lot of the people that are using Apple Music, they're not adding music to the iCloud Music Library. Like, they're not even using that functionality. They're paying $9 a month and they're using, you know, the streaming services, the the album advances or, you know, the exclusives, so to speak, that, that Apple gets ahead of the other streaming services like Spotify. Yeah. Um, they're using it as a streaming service and that's all it is. Like they might use the radio. They might listen to beats one. They might listen to the curated playlist. Like, and those are all awesome features, of Apple music that I feel like we probably didn't talk about enough today, but at least for me, you know, the, the big selling point is being able to add a bunch of songs that I wasn't able to have elsewhere onto the system because I, I used to, <laughs> I probably have like, I don't know, probably like five or six email chains with, uh, the people at RDO just, you know, cause they would always be looking for, for more music to add that wasn't on there already. So they would, they would actually reach out to artists and publishers and say, Hey, like, let's see if we can get your, your music on our platform in a way that, you know, I don't think Spotify is, is quite as personal about it. Right. So I would have lists of stuff in notes on my phone. I'd be like, okay, this is something that I want to listen to. And it's not on RDO. So I would say, Hey, put this on RDO. Um, my co-host for Bantha Fodder, this is this is a funny story, and I don't even know if he remembers this, but before I was doing a, a show about Star Wars with Mike Comite, who is a singer-songwriter with a moniker called Old Best Friend, I was in love with Old Best Friend. I was like the biggest Old Best Friend fan there ever was. <laughs> and I was on vacation with my family, and I wanted to listen to the EP so bad, but I didn't have it with me. My laptop was fried at that point. The motherboard failed. So I, w- I wasn't even sure if I had the EP anymore. Like, not that it'd be hard to get it from Bandcamp again, but at right. the time they didn't have an app. They didn't have an app on the phone. So I was, you know, completely out of luck, but I wanted to listen to it so bad. It was all I was listening to at the time. And I was on vacation with my family for, you know, a week and a half. Like I need music, right? So I, I just, I hit him up on Twitter. I'm like, Hey, <laughs> You should put this on our Dio, and he did it. And within the hour, <laughs> I had that that album to play on our Dio. It's just a fun story. But um, you know, to get back to what you were talking about, like it's just it's great to have the option to put stuff on Apple Music that wasn't on systems before. And I think that's a big selling point for me. But maybe not necessarily everybody. So what do you what do you think at you know at, at like a having used spotify probably a lot longer than i did mm-hmm. for the popular music fan you know somebody that that listens to iheart radio stations like kiss fm and, and stuff like that what platform do you think is the best for the common user i would probably say spotify but then again you have apple music getting a lot more of these exclusives and then you know obviously there's title which i don't even know 
we haven't mentioned it until now, so clearly neither of us care that much for that service. But, you know, that's probably a whole other podcast in itself as well. I only know one person that had an account with Title. honestly. Like, I, I asked around. I'm just kind of curious because I, I didn't need one myself. I had no reason to listen to the new Beyonce album earlier or something like that. But I, I just asked around and I asked if anybody had it. And I only had one friend that had access to it. And they, they used it for one record and they didn't re-up their subscription, so... Yeah, I did the free trial when it was first announced that it was, you know, switching over to Title and Jay-Z was sort of running the show and everything. And mm-hmm. I hated it so much that I was like, nope, we're done like two <laughs> days later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you think Spotify, though, right? Y- yeah. I don't even know if I listened to any album in particular. I think I just like did not like the UI so much that I was like, nope, I'm out. But yeah, I would probably yeah, that's, say... that's a common complaint I read. I would probably say Spotify, because more often than not, the stuff that Apple gets exclusively is going to be on Spotify eventually. Mm -hmm. So if you are someone who just is more of a casual listener and you don't care to be, you know, the first one listening to this new album or, you know, getting the exclusives and you are fine with listening to, you know, like their new music playlist that I believe they've been doing now. I think Spotify Mm -hmm. has changed a lot of their stuff to make it so that a casual music fan can sort of easily find the type of music they're looking for. And I know they've changed even more stuff since I have been using the service, but I believe Jack Appleby still uses Spotify. So I sort of hear him say things or post about things on Twitter here and there about the service. And I sort of keep up with what's going on at Spotify through him, essentially, And it seems Mm -hmm. to really work for the majority of people. I think personally, I just wanted to go with Apple Music One for having the single app to use for everything. But I also feel like Apple is a more stable company as well. Because Mm -hmm. like when you and I went through not having RDO anymore, it was like, uh, now what (laughs) sort of moment. (laughs) And I don't really see Apple Music going away and like you said we didn't even really get into anything outside of the library itself because we are just such music geeks that it's like the library is where we probably spend most of our time but a lot of people do like the beats one aspect so if you are looking for you know that i would say apple music is way better on that note than spotify is because yes spotify curates stuff but they don't have radio shows really i believe Hmm. Yeah, I'm. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure that they do. I know that Spotify has really been expanding. I know they have, you know, like podcasts as part of their platform now, which is something that Apple's had in a separate app for a long time. Um, they do some curation. They have a lot of really great playlists, from what I understand. A lot of my friends that use Spotify really love their playlist, in probably the same way that I love the playlist that Apple Music puts together. They have a really good selection of stuff that not only caters to what you like or what you used to like. Um, but also stuff based on genre. Uh, they have a lot of great curator lists. You know, for example, Alternative Press has curated lists on there, which I think is really cool. They they work with um, tastemakers and publications that really know niches in music and can right. pull out the stuff that's really important in certain scenes or stuff that's up and coming. Um, I'm not sure that Pigeons and Planes has anything on Apple Music specifically, uh, but they should if they don't because, you know, it blogs like that or the 405 um you know these tastemaker blogs hilly dilly these places that people go to find new stuff um they're there you know apple music is is really great at that and i think they have a really 
good mentality towards uh, personal recommendations yeah. rather than algorithmic stuff, which is something that a lot of streaming services up to this point have mostly been relying on. You know, it, algorithms are are king in social media nowadays, and it was something that was very prevalent in Spotify and RDO to a certain degree. Um, you know, these are things that will probably persist in a lot of ways. But what I like about Apple Music, uh, from like a you know like a common listener standpoint, is the discovery aspect that they really actually dedicate man hours to. They have people that are actually on the job, people like real life human beings, flesh and blood that love music and can feel the music and can find new stuff that they love and in, include that in lists with stuff that they, you know, that they know a lot of people will love or have loved um, tried and true stuff mixed with the new and refreshing kind of, uh, you know, breaking artists. I think that's a, that's a huge selling point as well for a lot more common users that maybe aren't quite as nerdy as you and I about right. metadata and, and, unreleased advances and crap that most people don't have to deal with in their inboxes and stuff so yeah and plus apple music is really only available to those who are apple centric as well so spotify obviously hits a more broad audience too that's mostly true uh apple music is available on android it has been okay. for a little while. I don't, I don't really know how the app stacks up, but I'm assuming it's pretty similar. Um, when Apple announced that, I I was actually kind of impressed. It means that they're really serious about the platform and that they're not quite as concerned with um, you know, using Apple Music as a selling point for their devices, but rather using it as a way to uh, you know, bring more people into at least their software ecosystem and the way that uh, you know, Apple kind of approaches music and I mean, Apple, Apple is still king of music. Like iTunes may not be as big of a deal for a lot of people, especially as far as buying stuff goes because of the, the streaming right. generation, but they are now in streaming and they very much want to be in control of that and they want to be the king. So to think they're, they're doing the right thing by trying to be in as many places as possible. It's not to say they'll be around Blackberry or Windows phones, but <laughs> you know, Android's a, a good place to be if you're trying to get more people using your app in paying for your subscription services. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, a lot of workplaces still use PCs, too. So I feel like for a workplace, mm -hmm. you know, Spotify is going to be the way to go because you don't have to be like, OK, wait, which computers do we have? Can these all have, you know, Apple Music on them or something like that or any other service that might not be available as broadly as Spotify is? But I just switched over to my For You tab. And real quick, I want to note that my favorites mix is like way off based on what I've been listening to lately, which seems very odd <laughs> because, you know, so for anyone who isn't familiar with some of the bands in our scene, Better Off was one of the bands that had, you know, a sexual assault scandal, essentially. And mm -hmm. they keep showing up in my favorites mix, even though I have not listened to them since those allegations came out and everything and that whole yeah. thing played out and you know that was what 2016 or t the end of 2015 or something like that so it's like it's been a while and they still keep putting the song yeah. on my playlist <laughs> it's <laughs> well, like i haven't I, listened I to I'm it not, i'm not sure let's see the rest of the songs are great but that one i don't i just don't understand why it's still on there <laughs> yeah i i think though um you can do uh, dislikes. So with my favorites mix, that's not a curated one. Obviously, they don't have people working on every single user's individual favorites. But yeah, it, it's an algorithm. It's based on stuff that you um, a listen to often, um, and also b stuff that 
you used to listen to often. For example, I don't really listen to Troy Sivan quite as much as I did a year right. ago, but he pops up in my my favorites list quite often. Um, I listen to a lot of Frank Ocean, but I don't listen to Channel Orange quite as much as I do Endless and Blonde these days, but that, that pops up in there as well. But something you can do if something pops up in your favorites or um, even more often for me in my new music mix, which is a really great playlist that shows you a bunch of new stuff that you haven't right. heard before, but you might love um you can you can tap on a song individually in the playlist uh on a you know like a 6s or 6 plus s device or whatever uh you can force touch on it and it, it brings up a little window you know it has all the the normal buttons add to library play next play later etc but at the bottom it has a love and dislike so if you hit dislike it's much less likely to play something similar to that in the doing future. that immediately so in the case of <laughs> something like better off. Yeah, you could do that. You're you're probably better <laughs> off. Yeah, I probably just need to go through and see if that album's still even in my collection. I mean, there's a good chance that it is just because I get so much stuff that if I got an advance of this and mm-hmm. then that all unfolded, I probably did not have it still on that same initial screen that I see in my recently added collection because I probably mm-hmm. would have had, you know, x amount of records that i added myself or more advances that i received so you know it i wouldn't have necessarily noticed right away if it was still there so you know it's just interesting to me though because i listen to a ton of the country music playlists on apple music and Mm -hmm. there is not a single country song in this favorites playlist (laughs) yeah i don't know how that works i think it's based mostly i think it's all stuff that's in your library i don't think it plays anything in the my favorites mix that's not in your well i don't know but a lot of the country songs are in in my library as well like i have all the carrie underwood albums i'm pretty sure and it it's just funny to me because i was like i haven't even listened to some of these like the dead leaves and pine split in so long and mm-hmm. i'm like okay i mean i do enjoy yeah. hey that's a good these artists you know there's yellow card jimmy world the black keys lieutenant somos sundressed a ton of bands i do listen to on this playlist it's just odd to me that uh-huh. they're considering it my favorites when there's so much other music that i've been listening to more <laughs> frequently on apple music well, and in my uh- library in general I think it's a double-edged sword. I think it gets better and maybe possibly worse the more you listen because, at least with me, the more that I've used Apple Music, the more it definitely pulls stuff that I lo- like actually love. But it also depends on your yeah. mood. Like, you know, I, I love Breaking Benjamin. I'm not a- ashamed to admit that, but I'm not always in the mood for Breaking Benjamin. But there's pretty consistently at least one Breaking Benjamin song on my favorites list because there are times when all I listen to is Disturbed, Breaking Benjamin, all those like butt rock bands that I loved in <laughs> middle school. But most of the time, I don't necessarily want to hear that. I want to hear something like Amberlynn or Selena Gomez um, or, or something like that. So it it is hit or miss. I mean, it's a playlist and it's it's made by a computer. So it, it kind of does the best right. it can. But it's not always Yeah, perfect. I just thought that was a funny fact because I was like, all right, I've listened to the A-list country playlist, the Carrie Underwood Essentials. I've been listening to John Mayer and it's like none of these things have shown up in here remotely. <laughs> but I know you still have a few things that you want to get to before we go and lyrics is another big thing about apple music and personally i haven't seen any lyrics on apple music i don't know if i just don't look for them or i just don't care enough because more often than not if it's not in advance that i'm listening to it's stuff i already know all the words to (laughs) so i don't know if i just you know never stumbled across it because i remember when i first started using apple music it was just like 
kind of bumbling my way through it and being like, what does this do? What does this do? <laughs> you know, because these things don't come with instructions. Yeah, I don't think lyrics was always there. I think it's a fairly new addition. I'm not entirely sure when it first came into play. But it's there now. Uh, when you're on the now playing screen, you know, with whatever is playing, it shows you the album art, shows you the progress meter, the play buttons. And then underneath, like the shuffle and repeat buttons, there is a lyrics hide or show. And you can hide or show that depending on if you want to listen to it or not. And uh, or if you want to read along while you're you're listening to the music, if it's available. So the source of this is kind of interesting. Um, I've done a little bit of research on it. I haven't been able to exactly pin down exactly how it's all going in there. Um, I know for a fact that they're not just pulling it from a service. Uh, There are no public APIs for lyrics anymore. This is a fairly recent development, probably within the past five years. Any APIs that there were for lyrics from sites like A to Z lyrics or... um, Gosh, I don't even know what else is still around. But you know those lyric websites. Uh, Genius is another one. Uh, any of those sites that used to have an API that would allow programs to pull that music in, that is all gone because using an API like that is also, is actually like it's a huge breach of um, licensing right. issues. So when you pull that stuff in and you're literally copying the lyrics, that's actually uh, that's infringement. So that's why you see a lot of the old lyric sites kind of dying out. And the other ones that still exist um, have either been bought out or are in partnership with bigger companies that can afford to pay for those licenses. So in the case of Apple music, it's not pulling those in like, maybe some services in the past on Spotify when they first introduced apps maybe did. From what I understand, there are people that are going through and they are putting lyrics on things that didn't have lyrics uploaded in the metadata when it was uploaded by the publisher or by the artist. Um, and in, and because of that, you find a lot of mismatched okay. lyrics. Uh, at least in my experience, either it doesn't have anything because it was something that was matched from my library and it doesn't match up with something that had lyrics downloaded. Uh, in the case of the new Bogues EP that came out last year, which is fantastic, please, people, find it. Bogues, Mulligan, it's amazing. Um, all of the lyrics are there for the first four songs, but the last song, it does not have the lyrics for, and I'm still not quite sure why that is. Um, if I want to, I can go in and I can you know copy those lyrics from... Uh, Bandcamp, and I can put that in Apple Music myself. You know, using the ID three tags and and using the lyric tab. But as far as Apple Music's lyrics go, it's it's mostly like human curation, okay. unless the music was uploaded by the people themselves. So you can submit corrections. Uh, I'll have a link to that in the show notes. I, I'm I'll pull that up and I'll put that in here. Um, I've put in a couple for songs that I just know are just blatantly wrong. (laughs) (laughs) These lyrics just aren't correct. So um, you can submit corrections. I'm not sure quite how long it takes to do that. I haven't followed up on any of those, but there is a way to do that. It's kind of messy, but that's just kind of the way it is because of licensing issues. So uh, that's that's definitely a thing. But um, I put, I put that in the show notes because I actually did get a question when I mentioned that I was going to be on the show tonight talking about this. I got a question from Nick Yakovazi. Nick, please, if I said your your name wrong, uh, <laughs> forgive me. I know he used to have Taco in his name, so I think it rhymes with Taco, Yakovazi. I, I think that's right. It's a it cool sounds anyway. like so, you're saying uh, it right based on looking at the name. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully. I think so. Anyway, Nick is really cool. Nick used to work for uh, a publication called Highlight. Um, He works for Another Great Day Entertainment right now. Um, So he gets to work with some really cool artists on, you know, publishing issues. And he's actually working on a panel 
right now that's going to be at the ASCAP Expo. Nice. And uh, he's so far they have confirmed Desmond Child and Aloe Black to speak on the panel. Um, Aloe Black, a lot of people know because he's you know he's a songwriter, but he's also been on a couple songs. Uh, but Desmond Child was a co-writer on um, Bon Jovi's "Living on a okay. Prayer." So a lot of people don't know who he is, and that's the reason he's on right. this panel because uh, Nick's kind of researching why songwriter credits don't appear on streaming services. Um, since streaming services are the place where a lot of people are, uh, looking at music, uh, or are listening to music that it's, it's kind of the place where you would expect songwriter credits to, to be, um, for those that find it important, that's the place you'd think you'd be able to find it rather than having to look it up on Wikipedia or something. A lot of people don't know who Desmond Child is because, you know, when you're listening to living on a prayer on, on Spotify or Apple music, it doesn't say also written by Desmond right. child. You know, it's, it's not as big a deal as performed by Bon Jovi. So his question was, um, you know, he, he just wanted some insight on one, on why songwriter credits aren't attributed on streaming platforms and metadata or anywhere else in the interface. So in the case of Apple music, which is mostly what I can speak to. And I, and from what research he's done, he's found that, uh, you know, Spotify doesn't show this anywhere. Um, if the music is available, uh, with lyrics, for example, with Bon Jovi's living on a prayer, um, Desmond child is a co-writer for the song. Uh, but if, if you look it up, um, obviously it's not going to say by Desmond child, it's going to say by Bon Jovi from slippery when wet. Now you can look at the lyrics and in some cases, depending on where it's sourced from, uh, I think if it's uploaded, um, by the artist, obviously they could put this in here, but usually at the bottom of the lyrics at the very end of the song, it'll say written by so-and-so. And this is where it should say Desmond child. In this case, it does not. Um, it also probably does not show it in the metadata. However, it is an option. So when I was talking to Nick about this today, uh, I, I was, I was kind of looking at some, some songs and in most cases, stuff that I found on Apple music and added to my library does not have the songwriters available, but some of it is there. Um, depending on if, if you get it from Apple Music or if you know you load something into the Apple Music library from your personal collection, depending on the metadata that already exists, it could say that. There is a slot in the ID3 tags for composers. Um, this can be used if, you know, it's, if it's like a sonata, you could put you know, like Bach or Beethoven, whoever it happens to be, or you could use this as a section to put the songwriters. And in some cases, people do that. Chance the Rapper is one of them. He's very good at giving credit. He does use the ID3 tags to give songwriting credit for his songs. I've seen this in other artists as other examples. Uh, but in most cases, it's not there. So this is it's an interesting thing. I don't really have any answers for Nick as to why this happens. Um, I, I, I can say that in some cases, it does show songwriting credits at the end of lyrics on Apple Music. Some cases, it does not. Yeah, and real quick before you wrap this up i just clicked on yeah. the ed sheeran album that we were talking about earlier briefly and in the uh -huh. composer section it has it has it grayed out but it says mixed and then right under that there's a checkbox where you can show the composer in all views in apple music yeah so that's an easy way yeah. to sort of just enable it if you sort of want to have that information on your screen all the time too yeah i mean those checkboxes are there yeah. i i love the id3 tags um i wish that there was support for more of them i don't know if id4 is in progress or if that's even going to be a thing uh but i i love the option of putting more stuff in there i know that you can really bloat the file size <laughs> yeah. of something with id3 tags not necessarily from like the text that you add but you know album art i'm i'm not one to shy away from putting in multiple uh 
instances of album art if a if an album or single had multiple covers i'll put those in there just because i'm a metadata freak <laughs> and i like to have that catalog but um yeah so it, you know nick I, I know we talked about this today but anybody's interested in that uh you you can read more about that online you could probably do some research and, and find out exactly like why uh songwriter credits aren't in id3 tags um spotify does not seem to have a way to display this in their their uh their ui um nick also has that panel coming up at the ascap expo so if you're there check that out he tells me that it's going to be recorded as well so if we get links to that at some point maybe i can have dina stick this in here in the future but uh yeah so there's there's that <laughs> lyrics are cool to have on there i definitely use them all the time when they are available but it is very frustrating when i listen to something and you know especially if it's like one song in an album of songs that does have lyrics and the one song does not it is very frustrating but i like that it's there and i don't have to pull something up online and go to genius and <laughs> scroll through that without accidentally clicking a thousand <laughs> links and all that stuff yeah so. i'll have to like make an effort to try and pay attention to what has lyrics and everything because you know, like I said, obviously, with our advances and everything, we won't necessarily get the lyrics in Apple Music for those. But, you know, like I said, I just added that Ed Sheeran album that also came out on Friday. So, you know, I can go mm. probably in that release and might have a better chance of finding lyrics just because of it being such a major release. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, keep an eye on it. I'm I'm always interested in that. So let me know what uh, what you find out and let me know if you figure out those iCloud issues too. Yeah, definitely. And I know Federico Vatici is a good guy to follow if you want to know about Apple Music stuff because I feel like he's always doing new things. And I'm like, you could do that with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've found a couple workflows that are really cool if you use the workflow yeah. app. I found a couple things where you can like uh, tweet the song you're currently listening to. Um, you can tweet. Uh, what's, what's really cool is you can listen. You can tweet like um, the most listened to songs of that week and it'll make like a little um, diagram of all the album art. It'll make like one photo that stitches together all nice. the album art. That's really cool. So you can find that kind of stuff on there. Yeah, I have stolen a lot of workflows from him and I really need to use that app more because I feel like I just have it sitting there and 99.9% .9 of the time I forget about it. So, you know, it's one of those <laughs> things that I think is really cool, but, you know, I'm not that great with creating workflows myself. So it's like anytime Federico posts them or has articles that include workflows, I'm like, yes, I will read this and I will take all of these and then probably forget to use them. <laughs> Yep. Yep. That's me too. Yep. But yeah, I'm sure we could probably do a whole podcast just on workflows as well. <laughs> Maybe. I, I use some, but I, I don't use them as often as I do as, yeah. as I should. Um, the people that work at Workflow are really cool. And a lot of them are huge music fans. Um, there's there's some really cool people to follow over there. But, uh, you know, as far as like workflows go, I don't have that much of a need for some of them. I do use some workflows on, on a daily basis, but um, I'm also not as great and right. making them i use them to download files um share availability <laughs> uh i have i have a button that i made that i can just play frank ocean's blonde on demand it's <laughs> nice. on my home screen it's just the album art and i tap it and it just starts playing which is really fun um it's a great app yeah you can do a lot of cool stuff with that well thank you so much jacob for coming on this was definitely fun to sort of get all of these thoughts out you know we've gone almost an hour and a half here and i did not think <laughs> we would talk about apple music this long but it's like once we get going it's like 
so hard to stop talking about certain things and you know oh i could go for ages yeah i could go for ages especially talking about like all the weird stuff that i've been finding in my computer i that's that's why i wanted to do this i just wanted to talk about all the cool like weird stuff that i've been finding yeah. so i've been tweeting about it on twitter too which is fun a bunch of people like kind of get involved and they're like oh my gosh <laughs> i completely forgot this existed and that's what that's the cool part i love that love music yeah and and like I said, totally the whole point of this podcast is to just sit here and geek out about stuff. And I know you've obviously been on a couple times before, so we've already been through this. So I feel like you and I kind of have this down for just geeking out about things and just going with it. And hopefully other people enjoy this too and fi find some of the information useful because, you know, you told me things I didn't even know about the app. So Hopefully, you know, the listeners enjoy it as much as we enjoyed talking about it. But again, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, absolutely no problem. I'm I'm by no means uh, uh, Apple Music Pro, but I do use it quite often. So if you have any questions about Apple Music, you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Tender, and I'm down to answer questions or figure whatever your problem is out because I want to know more about it too. Yeah, and we will definitely have a lot of links in the show notes so you guys can quickly access any articles we mentioned, any of the other things we mentioned, and I'll put Jacob's links in there too so you can find him and as always you guys thank you so much for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day